This is Thursday Night Bible Study with Apostle Dr. Dawn Nicolani. Tonight we're talking about Apostle Peter. Apostle Peter. Historically, his childhood is not known. Um, he was married through uh, uh, married through his, uh, the, although his wife's name was not mentioned in the Bible. Um, historically, it has been noted that he was married because Jesus laid hands on his mother-in-law to heal her of a fever. So if it was noted that he had a mother-in-law who was healed, according to scripture, then that then, um, that no, that of course notifies that he was married. But his childhood, there's not much on him, let alone there's not anything that was written in regard to his um, childhood. He was known to be the first disciple to confess Jesus as the Messiah. He was also known to have denied Jesus three times during his trial, but was forgiven after the resurrection. Peter also gave the first sermon to several thousand visitors in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. And Peter wrote two books in the New Testament, first and second Peter, first and second Peter. Let's look at Matthew 16, 16, 16, 16. And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. You know, it's really important that we as believers understand that we have to proclaim who we serve. Now, I know a lot of saints, you know, from time to time, you know, they step in, they step out. Sometimes they feel like, okay, I can't, um, you know, mix my personal life or my work life with my church life. And so sometimes people are a little bit all over the place. But it's very important for those of you who are believers to proclaim that you know who Jesus is. And that is something that Peter, even though when he was a little scared, when Jesus was being um, crucified and he was about to, you know, go through what he had to go through. He denied him. But in his walk initially, he proclaimed that he was on the Lord's side. As a believer, do you claim, proclaim that you are on the Lord's side? And you don't have to necessarily be a person who's yelling it across the room or somebody, you know, you have to dress up with, you know, garments that look like, you know, you're a priest or, you know, you have to make sure like if you're fasting, you, you dry chap lips and, you know, you, 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 oh, I'm fasting. I'm you don't have to do all of that. You just got to live your life. That's all you have to do. You just have to live your life according to the way the Lord is leading you to live it. And your light will shine before men. And that's something that is very, um, very intriguing about Apostle Peter, because Peter was considered to be a little rough around the edges. He was considered to be, you know, very uh, um, with his emotions. Sometimes he would have snap reactions instead of thinking. But nonetheless, he made sure that people knew that he served the Lord. We have to let people know in 2022 who we serve. If we're going to serve the Lord, let's serve him in spirit and in truth and let our light shine and let people know that we've decided to live a disciplined life wherein we have accepted what God has, has called us to do, to be holy for he is holy. So that's something that we need to keep in mind as far as our, uh, uh, our personality and our characteristics uh, when it comes to being a son and a daughter of the Most High God. Make sure, just like Peter did, that you proclaim when Jesus asked him, he said unto him, but whom say ye that I am? Because at that time, there were people there, well, who you heard about this, Jesus, you know about this one, you know about, and so Jesus was like, okay, 
I can understand all these other people saying things, but Peter, who do you say I am? And so Peter let it know that thou art Christ, the son of the living God. And see, we got to proclaim that. Some people want to say Jesus was a prophet. Some people want to say he was a philosopher. Some people was, you want to say, oh, he was a good hearted man. No, Jesus is the son of God. He's the son. He came into this world. God gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believed in him should not have, should not perish, but have life everlasting. We have to know who Christ is in our life. Okay, let's look at Acts. Acts chapter 2, 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Peter was doing his priestly obligations by letting people know that there is an order to this thing. Now, let, let me say this, because I know some people say, oh, if I don't ever get baptized by water, does that mean I'm not going to make heaven? That's not what we're talking about. See, baptismal is an outward expression of you saying, listen, I, I, I have decided to serve the Lord. I have decided to put away my old man, my sin nature, and live my life according to the precepts and the principles of the Most High God. That's why we have that. They're open ceremonies. Jesus himself, he had an open ceremony. And that was once again for God to his, the Holy Spirit, God and the son. were in one in that one moment, that one event, they were all present. Why? To proclaim and to show that the Trinity was true and alive and that Jesus was man and uh, um, God in uh, flesh form, that he was created in flesh form. And God said, this is my son. I'm pleased. He was happy about it. He, he, he made sure that that was known in the earth. That's the same thing today. When we, when we desire to have an open baptism, only thing we're doing is we're proclaiming that we serve the Lord, that we are proclaiming that we have turned away from sin nature. It's an outward sign. Now, let me say something. If you if you're someone and you never had the opportunity to get baptized, it's a it's a beautiful part. It's a beautiful uh, a sacrament of your uh, uh, of your uh, uh, dedication to express your relationship, to express your dedication to serving God. Yes. But if are you going to go to hell? Because you're not baptized, not necessarily told. You have to believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You have to accept Jesus in your in your heart. You can't get to the Father but by me. That's what Jesus said. So therefore, it's important for us to understand that some things, you know, we can we 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 need to follow. If you have the ability to do a baptism and get baptized, get baptized. It's a beautiful thing. But there are certain things that have been established, and Peter making sure that this was known. To those who were coming into the fold, it was a part of protocol because in that time, in that era, there were so many different pagan religions, so many pagan gods. And so we had to come from amongst them and being baptized, making that proclamation of repenting. That is something that is very important to the protocol of who we are when we walk into salvation. Now, an altar call, I know people uh, with altar calls, you know, people call for, for to be saved. Altar calls serve a, a, a purpose. Altar calls, you know, from how I was raised, is for the purpose to give an opportunity for a person to get themselves 
back in good graces with God by repenting, by asking God to come into their lives, by saying, "I listen, I, I want to turn my life around. And Lord, whatever your will is for my life, I'm willing to submit to your will. That's what an altar call is for. Sometimes people call altar calls and they may be for the purpose to just repent, just to get themselves right, to examine yourself, whatever that may be. But it's important that we look at our situations of where we are at. And that's what Peter did. He saw the atmosphere. He was able to survey those who were around him. He looked at all these different things that were happening, all these carnal things that happened. Wait. I know y'all getting excited because I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking, and, and you know, we're talking about the signs, wonders, and miracles, and y'all seeing and experiencing things. But this is not something that's just trendy. This is a lifestyle that you have to be committed to. Repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter was breaking this thing down. He was letting them know, okay, there's a process. There, 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 there are steps to this thing. Yes, you come into the kingdom, you repent, you get baptized, and you ask him for the forgiveness of your sins. So then you can allow for the Holy Spirit to come on the inside of you. So that the Holy Spirit can do what? Lead and guide you to the truth. A lot of people walk into salvation, but they lack. Allowing for the Holy Spirit to come on the inside. That's why you got churches filled up with a lot of people who say, I know who Jesus is, but are they saved, sanctified, delivered, set free, and filled with the Holy Ghost? See, when a person is filled with the Holy Ghost, they're not going to curse you out. They're not going to um, lie, see, and chill. You have Christians who lie, see, uh, lie, they steal, they cheat, they do um, things that have foul mouth, and they are Christians. Why? They can say that because, yes. They accepted Christ into their lives, but they did not allow for the Holy Spirit to dwell on the inside of them. See, because when you allow for the Holy Spirit to dwell on the inside of you, you're not going to do things the way you used to do as a carnal-minded individual. You're going to change. You're going to go from glory to glory. You're going to allow for God to clean you up, to put you on the potter's wheel, to mold you, to shape you, to chisel off all of those things that cause for you to be an unpolished stone. He's going to make sure that you are a fixed piece a, a, a pottery that he's created that's going to be able to allow for others to look at you and gleam at you and say, wow, look what God done in their lives. That's done by the Holy Spirit. Yes, salvation is real. Yes, you can accept it. I know a lot of people in Newark, New Jersey. I don't know nobody that's not saved in Newark, New Jersey. You hear me? Brick City know who Jesus is because every time you go out with tracks, it's an, oh, oh, I know. Oh, my grandma. Oh, my daddy. Yeah, they used to take me to church. Yeah, I'm saved. I know who Jesus is. But they'll be saying that with a liquor bottle in their hand. They'll say that puffing on a cigarette right in your face. They'll say that and, and in that next sentence, use a profane word. Why? Because they're not filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not going to, uh, it just, you're, you're, let me tell you something. We all sin and fall short of the glory. But a person who is Holy Ghost filled, when they make a mistake, they get it right, right away. Oh, Lord, forgive me. Oh, I slipped up. I said something I shouldn't have said. I did something. Oh, Lord, because they, th that, that, they, the, the quenching of the Holy Spirit is real. And anybody who knows what it means to walk with the Holy Spirit and to feel that presence walk with you every day, 
and for you to do something where you feel the Holy Spirit drawing back, that's not a good feeling and that's not an experience that you want to have happening over and over again. So you repent right away. You get that thing right away. If you have an art with your brother, hey, let me talk to you. Let me get, we got to get this straight. That's when you know somebody's filled with the Holy Ghost. Because when you feel with the Holy Ghost, you ain't going to keep walking around bitter against nobody. When you feel with the Holy Ghost, you're you going to have a forgiving spirit because you know that forgiveness is for you. So that you can be set free and so that you're not bound up. You, when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you're going to do what the Word of God tells you to do. Live right. Be holy. It, shouldn't, it should not bother you when you feel with the Holy Spirit to dress accordingly. I'm going to talk about it. Yes, I'm going to say something about it. I'm talking, I'm talking about people, you know, if, if you with your companion, you married and y'all going on your day, y'all look nice for one another. But single women, we shouldn't be walking around where we got our bosoms all exposed. We shouldn't be walking around that if we just uh, bend over to pick up a piece of paper or a pen off the floor, you see all your hind parts. No, that's that's not being modest. The spirit will tell you how to dress. The spirit will tell you and let you know what you should put on. Yes, I'm, you can. Let me tell you something. You can look nice and you can look fashionable without revealing all of your flesh. See, the Holy Spirit will teach you that. Same thing with the men. You don't have to be provocative. Wear your pants all tight and, you know, muscle shirts and this, that. Yeah, well, for what? If you're working out in the gym, that's understand. But you just walk. you trying to flex it. You don't have to do all of that. Be modest. See, but the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will show you that. The Holy Spirit will teach you how to do that. There, there are things that we're, we, we do that should reflect the kingdom of God here on earth. And, and trust and believe, I'm not a corny person. I love to have fun. I love fashion. I like dressing up. I like joking up, joking around. I might say something sometime just to slip up to make somebody laugh or whatever. But I always check myself. Oops, I shouldn't have said that. Or that's it. Oops. I, I need to get that right. I need to pull that back or correct that. Sometimes that happens. But I'm talking about overall in general. Your character as a believer should be intact wherein you let your light shine. Wherein people know when they come around you, you're a loving person. You're a compassionate person. You're a person that's considerate of others. You're a patient person. Right? These are the characteristics that we're supposed to put forth as believers. So, as Apostle Peter was giving that mandate in Acts two thirty, uh, uh, excuse me, Acts chapter two thirty eight. Once again, that particular proclamation, that demand, that directive that he was giving to the people, it was something to set us in place so that we recognize that we are in the world, but we are not of the world. That God has called us out. He's pulled us out of the muck and mire for a purpose and for a reason. Acts 4.12. Acts 4.12. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name given under heaven by which we must be saved. Buddha can't do it. Muhammad can't do it. There's so many of them out here. All these different ones that people try to you know, place names and titles on us. Being these deities and this and the other. They can't do it. They can't do it. They can't save your soul. It lets us know right here in Acts 42. Apostle Peter made it known that salvation is found in no one else but Jesus. 
There is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. No other person can, can do it for us. No other name that we call upon can do it for us. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's some faiths that are out there that, you know, it helps people to think, meditate. They do all these things. Some some people get hypnotized or whatever, and they claim that to fame as helping them and, you know, putting them on the right check, uh, track. But when it's all said and done, when it's time to leave this earth and make heaven our home, we got to meet our creator for ourselves. And it had to be, it had to, that the information had to be known and given to us that, listen, there was someone that came that paid a price for you. Recognize the son of God. Why do we recognize the son of God? Because the son of God was basically God in flesh form. So when you respect the son of God, you're respecting God himself. So that's why I said you can't get to the Father but by me. Jesus said you can't get to the Father but by me, through me. So Peter, in these particular verses, basically gave out what we call order. That's why he's considered to be an apostle because apostles are of governance. They put things in order. And he put things in order. He put things in order for people to recognize their place as a part of the kingdom of God here on earth. And that's something that we have to recognize even today. Recognize your place. Where do you stand today as being a believer here on earth? How do you let your light shine? How do you allow for the Holy Spirit to correct you, to lead you and to guide you? How do you go about those things? You got to make sure what? You self-examine. Do a self-examination of how, once again, you allow for the spirit to work on the inside of you so that you can be obedient to the voice of God, doing what he asked you to do in such a time as this. Some people don't get what it means in such a time as this. In such a time as this means, listen, you were placed in this earth for a reason and for a purpose to get something done. God placed all these people in the earth and every person that has been placed in the earth, you were placed with a purpose to get something done. For those of us who call on the name of Jesus, for those of us allow for him to be in our heart, you need to get in a place of prayer. If you don't yet know how God is calling you to move, if you don't know how God is calling you uh, 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 to be a vessel and an instrument for his glory, you got to get in your prayer closet because God will tell you, if you don't know where, where God is leading you. Because Jesus was what? 12 years old when he was in the temple? He was young when he was in the temple. And he said, what are you? People, the Pharisees and Sadducees said, what are you doing? He said, I'm about my father's business. He knew at 12 years old, he was about his father's business. Come on, some of us, what? 25, 30, 35, 40, 50, 60. Some of us still wandering around trying to figure this thing out. Get in your prayer closet. Pray, seek the face of the Father, and he will show you what to do. And let me tell you something. When your wake up or your morning comes, your morning, some people's morning may be at 20 years old. Some people's morning may be at 70, 90. Whenever that morning is and whatever God tells you to do, you need to move expediently. Remember Abraham? When he took Isaac and he was he was going, God was, you know, basically uh, um, testing his faith. And he took Isaac uh, uh, to, to go up to the mountain. It said that he got right up early in the morning to do it. You know what? Sometimes we, we procrastinate on God and we, and we hinder the movement of how he wants things to be set in our lives. It behooves you to move quickly when God says move. Don't hold back. Don't try to figure it out. See, but and you know it's God because you know it's not you. Uh, I'll just be honest with you. A lazy person, God tell you to get up 
at a certain time and he wants you to go outside and maybe walk around the block. You know that's not you. You know it's God because it's something that's going to help you that you don't normally do because you know you want to lay in the bed an extra one or two hours, 15 minutes, whatever it may be. Right? So you know the voice of God. The voice of God is going to talk to you and it's not going to always, it's not at all going to appease flesh. It's going to stir up your spirit man. And see, your spirit man, what happens, you get this feeling, a gut feeling. People say, I had a gut feeling. No, baby, that was the spirit of God. Some people say, something told me. No, that was something was the spirit of God. Let's recognize it for what it is. A lot of us were in some sticky situation. A lot of us was about to be set up for danger. But we got that spirit of God on the inside of us to give us that gut feeling to say, no, you need to turn left and don't go right because there's danger up ahead. And you were able to escape that situation. The thing is, you got to get in your prayer closet. You got to seek the face of the Father. You got to read your scriptures. You can't get around it. You have to read your word. You have to pray. You have to fast. You can't get over these things. You can't ignore these things. These are things and practices that you need to take part in so that you are able to know what your calling is. So you are knowledgeable and knowing when God is sending you on a mission, when God is speaking to you, when God is giving you a directive. Time is short. Time is winding up. And people thinking that, oh, Jesus is not going to come back. Oh, that's just myth. That's just storytelling. Let me tell you something. Don't be caught out there and then it be a reality and you miss it. Get your, get your life right. Get yourself right. <laughs> with, with Jesus, it's a win-win situation. It's no losing. It's no losing. If you should leave here because you believe that he's the son of God and you believe that he's been walking and talking with you and he allows the spirit to lead you and, and, and you've been living an abundant life, you've been seeking him, you've been praying this, that, and the other. And I leave this earth and I find out uh, there's a paradise awaiting for me. There's no loss. There's no loss. But if you don't believe why you're in on earth, right? You don't believe what happens. You're going to wind up saying that, yeah, there is a hell. Ain't a purgatory. There's a hell. There's a heaven and hell. And we, we are going to have to be accountable for our deeds and our action. I know people don't like talking about heaven and hell. I know they don't like that topic. But you know what? That's all right. Uh, it got to be well with my soul. When I lay down at night, I like for the Holy Spirit to say, you did good. <laughs> you did good. You did what you're supposed to have done in that day. So I can't worry about the people don't like a message. It is what it is. And like I said, I rather live my life accordingly than to leave here and then to find out, whoa, that what I was doubting was actually reality. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Believers, believers, let, let, let me let me start at the uh let me start at the uh fifth verse. It says, likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be uh, uh, excuse me, vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Peter was letting us know. Apostle Peter was letting us know. Don't ever slip up for one second and think that the, the enemy is happy with you. The enemy don't like you. 
The enemy don't like you. You got people, these celebrities, they selling their souls and this, that, and the other. Sad. You may be seeing riches and all this craziness and they're carrying on and they popular here on earth. But when they shut their eyes and it's time for their soul to rest in its final place, woe be unto them because they gave them soul, their souls over to the enemy. What profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his only soul? Mm -mm, it's not worth it. These things here on earth, they're all vanities and they will all be washed away one day. And the only thing that's going to stand is the word of God. It behooves us as Apostle Peter speaks in his chapter. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. You got to know that God wants you to have life and have it more abundantly. God wants us to understand that he established his son to come here on earth so that there can be relationship between him and his creation. God don't want to be distanced from us. He want to fill us. He, excuse me. He wants us to fill him. He wants us to know that his presence is, is within us, that he cares for us. Now, how do you know that? How, how do you want to say that? How do you depressed? You know why I don't? Because I can feel him in my hands. I can feel him in my feet. I can feel him all over me. Yes, I can feel the presence of God. When I'm going through, I can feel his comfort, his embracing arms. When I'm in a valley of decision, I can feel his downpouring of wisdom. When I am in a situation where I don't know what to do, he steps in right on time and gives direction. That's how I know he's real. Because I can't do that by myself. Me, flesh, I'd probably crawl somewhere up in the corner and cry. Like a little baby. But because of the God that I, I serve, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I rise and I stand up and I, 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 can, I, can, I can continue to walk this walk with tenacity and zeal. Honoring the God that I serve. Be sober. Be vigilant. Know your surroundings. Know, be, be knowledgeable of what's around you. Don't ever get it twisted. That the enemy ain't trying to say, we ain't going to walk around in fear though. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear. But what has he given us? A spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. So we walk in that. We walk in his grace, his goodness, and his mercy. And we do what God calls us to do. Time is winding up. Let us take on the boldness of Apostle Peter. Proclaiming and knowing who he served. He knew who Jesus was, the son of God. Then he gave us the knowledge and recognizing, uh-uh, you got you to gotta repent, be baptized. Ask God to forgive you of your sins. We can't keep walking around thinking that we can just live in sin nature and everything going to be all right. No, you got to do what's right in the sight of God. Be pleasing in the sight of God. And God, he will bless us. He will keep us in perfect peace for those of us who keep our minds stayed on him. And he will not withhold any good thing from those of us who trust and believe in him. I thank you for joining in on tonight. God bless and keep you. May he continue to smile upon you. Whatever you put your hands and your mind to do, may he anoint it and get the glory out of it. Until we meet or speak again, may the blessing of the Lord continue to make you rich, adding no sorrow to it. God bless you, family. Good night.